0: That so i'm
1: starting i was thinking about the song okay uh john fifteen, one through 5 are you ready yeah is that what's happening sure
0: <laughs> right, Battle, we have,
1: battle. <laughs> i was gonna say that all right i am the true vine and my father is the gardener every branch in me that does not produce food he removes and he pr- prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are all—you ol- are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in you. I, in him, produces much fruit, because he can do nothing without me. I ran out of breath.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely common verse. Um, really, really good stuff here. Let us know. Why does it excite you?
1: It excites me because... We do things we do things wow <laughs> we do things we do things the only way we produce fruit is through Christ yep. it's not like I'm producing fruit because I'm producing fruit and I'm so great and look at me mm-hmm. like it's so clear like if you remain in uh, I am the vine and you are the branches the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit and then earlier it says um, he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. So like he's doing the pruning, right? And then um and then remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. Yeah. I love that so much. And the fact that we remain in him. You know what I mean? Like we have to remain in Christ. We can't do anything out of our own accord. You know, it has it's all through Jesus. Yeah. So like I love that. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think this one is, um, it's quite interesting because there's a lot of things that go into this. We talk about this, uh, metaphor of the, the grapevine a Mm -hmm. lot, right. Mm -hmm. In scripture, how we're grafted into that grapevine, how the grapevine originally is Israel, right. Mm -hmm. And the people, the chosen people of God, um, they are the, the plant that he's taking care of. Right. But Mm -hmm. then we are grafted into that through Jesus and everything that happened there. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting. Over. What do you think of the first two verses there, just of that that section there? I think that's where we can kind of start here.
1: I have to read it again. <laughs> I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. That's beautiful, because Jesus is the vine, and then, like, God the Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes. I underlined that. And then he prunes every branch that he, that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit.
0: Yeah. So there's a couple of different things that I want to point out that are happening there, right? Okay, so, you do
1: that.
0: so we have the vine, which yeah. is Jesus, yeah. right? And then from Jesus comes these branches. So those branches are us. We are the the people, the, the, the things that are coming from him, right? The offspring of him, if you want to say. But it's not just the offspring, but it's part of, right? We are part of the church. We are like... All those metaphors kind of blend together, right? Okay. And so as we're coming from Jesus, we produce fruit. So we either produce good fruit or bad fruit or we don't produce fruit, right? And God can only use one of those things. Yeah. He can only use the thing that is producing good fruit. So as we look at that, I think it's, what does that mean to you that, that he's uh, he's taking away these branches that are not producing fruit um, and that he's kind of pruning? What does that look like for you? The
1: The taking away feels feels heavy because mm-hmm. like how like i don't know the theological context of this but uh, uh, the fact that it says every branch in me that does not produce fruit he removes mm-hmm. that hits hard yeah because he's the one that's doing the removing like oh you're not going to do anything get out <laughs> Yeah, you know what yeah. i mean yeah like um i'd like to know the what you think about that specific, that specific.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just reading it. I, I haven't like done a ton of study on this one. But um, for me, I think that is is interesting for sure. The way that we think about this metaphor, and it reminds me of a lot of other metaphors. So like, for example, like we see every branch of mine uh, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So for me, it, it gives us two things. It shows us that he we'll takes away.
1: One.
0: Well, what do you mean?
1: Like, how the, how does he remove? That's what I'm... Wondering.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Because at the pruning, I, I have words on that, too.
0: Yeah, so every branch of mine that he that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Yeah. So he's taking off those branches that are not producing fruit in any way, right? Which is people that, that are not following him. People that are choosing not to um, do the things that he's asked them to do, yeah. right?
1: You know what that made me think of? The mm. construction...
0: Yeah, I th- I think partially for sure. I think God can use deconstruction for good, yeah, but absolutely. you need to reconstruct after you deconstruct. Right. It's
1: the reconstruction, the the lack of reconstructing yeah. in some of these um that that I that I was saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think as well like um we see the other side of that, which is the secondary thing which is those that are producing fruit, what does he do? Does he leave them alone? Does he does he like give them a little kissy kiss? Like <laughs> no, he or cuts say, off job. the bad parts. Yeah. So I think of this in terms of ministry because I've been in ministry for so long. Like we've seen this a lot over the years, right? Where imagine the church is a a branch of the vine of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. And then on that branch are several little stems that are coming off and producing fruit Mm -hmm. or not producing fruit. And so God will come and he will prune those pieces that are not producing fruit to allow space for others to produce fruit. Right. And so I think of that in a ministry context a lot where, We've seen many, many times when God has come and he has pruned specific people outside of the ministry to go either to another ministry or to go and follow their own ways because that's what they're deciding to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen this a ton where God will make space for these people to get thrown out, thrown away or taken out. And then new fruit will come in its place and it begin to grow. You know,
1: that's an interesting way of seeing it because I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as God. um, He prunes every branch that produces fruit. So he's pruning the branches that produce.
0: No. He takes away every branch that does not pr- produce fruit, but then he prunes the branch that does. So what is he what, what is what he I'm taking saying. away when he prunes the branch that does, right? So when he prunes the branch that does produce fruit,
1: he's Just finish my thought.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought and then I'll When he
0: prunes mind. a branch that does produce fruit, I see it in a ministry context, but I also see it in an individual context as well, where he may be pruning you in a way that is taking out sin and different things from your life in order for you to produce better fruit or more fruit,
1: right? I see. But for me, like, so, so the way I read it is he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. So to me, it's the again, not, uh, better, not easy. Our, Mm -hmm. our, our, our verse is that it's, it may be better to follow Jesus, but then he's not, he's not going to just let you grow. He's not going to be at a boy, like you're doing a great job. Like, it's like, okay, you're doing great. Let me grow you some more. Yeah. Let let's, uh, because sometimes the valleys are for growth, right? The valleys are for growth. You, in an actual valley, that's where things grow. Yeah. And, um, That's, that's how I took it is the fact that it's not going to be all rainbows and lullabies, unicorns.
0: (laughs) Sure. Rainbows and unicorns. We'll go with that.
1: (laughs) It's like, uh, like he wants to grow you. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was another verse somewhere that you spoke about in a different thing, but it was about, um, how not everything is easy. Uh, it might've been David. I don't know. It th- it doesn't matter, but, um, that it's, it's, that's, it's, it's not just going to be easy. Life, life as a Christian is not going to just be easy.
0: Yeah. I mean, pruning hurts. Right? Yeah, exactly. So as you take pieces out of your life, whether that be something that's really bad, right? Like sin. let's say you're addicted to pornography or you're, you're struggling with lust. Like these are things that God wants to take out of your life. And does that instantly happen when you just become a Christian? No. Like, when you become a Christian, you're saved, you're you're part of salvation, you are a part of that branch now. But the fruit that you're producing slowly becomes better over time, and that's why he wants to prune you so that you produce more and better and more and better. And so those things hurt whenever they're taken off of you. It's not just like this it's not always just a great feeling, right? God doesn't always just get rid of your addiction and you never have a struggle ever again. Right. Generally what happens is you struggle with these things for the rest of your life, but you get better at dealing with them and God takes them away slowly, but surely. Right.
1: Yeah. But um, I don't think it's just the bad though. Like it's also like, it's just growing you more, you know? Yeah. You get know what I'm saying?
0: But in doing that, he's, I mean, that's what he's going to do. That's what God always does is he takes away the sin of your life so that you can be more Christ-like.
1: But if it's bearing fruit, then how can it be sin? You get what I'm saying?
0: It's not the only thing, but it's an amalgamation of who you are in total, right? So in total, I am a human being who has sin in my life, but that I strive to be closer to God in any way that I can. And I allow him to control Everything that I'm doing, right, mm-hmm. so that I can go to that place. So as I listen to God, these this sin starts to become less and less and less and less and less so that God becomes more and more and more and more and more, and the fruit that I produce is more and more and more. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So it, it's not that it's it's
1: only sin. Right, that's what I'm saying.
0: But it, it but that's what God is taking out of your life in order for you to produce more.
1: Or he's just trying to get you to be more uh, organized. You know, like I don't But why mean,
0: is he doing that? I just because think in your own organization, it's you're sinning, right?
1: Sure, yeah. No, yeah, that's that's true.
0: So I I, I, I get I get what you're saying. Like you're saying, God will. I don't use think these, it's just
1: sin. Yeah,
0: God will use these hard situations and right. put you in those things exactly. But why is He doing that in the first place? It's because of your sin, because of your disobedience. So He's trying to get through that other the other things that you're struggling with by using these situations. God is because I don't want because the reason why I'm pushing back on that is because I don't want God to, or I don't want people to interpret what you're saying as God will just do bad things to you because he can.
1: That's not what I'm saying.
0: Right. But that's how, it, that's how it comes off. That's yeah. what you're saying. So I'm trying to, trying to not have that happen. So God doesn't just do bad things just because he can't, he's not just going to prune you and hurt you to hurt you.
1: Right.
0: He's going to prune the things in your life in order for you to create more fruit. Right. Right. So what do those things look like for you? Maybe in your life.
1: Uh, moving us to a different state. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that that felt like pruning, or or getting us away from our comfort zone. Um, uh, getting me away from like growing our business into getting a job again. Mm-hmm. Like those are all prunings in my mind. Also, like if we're talking about specific, uh, it, those things are hard, but they're not necessarily. Sin that's getting removed. It's just they're hard things that I'm having to go through, and and it's not because it's an evil thing. It's just a growth thing. You get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and then um as well as like, oh, unforgiveness and anger is always things that he's like pruning at me and and trying to to grow and make sh- make sure that I'm not sticking to those things.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What about you.
0: Yeah, I think on the base level, I mean, I think that the things God is always dealing with me are just small things. Like it's, it's always like these little, like, do you trust me? Like, are you willing to obey in this moment? Mm-hmm. Even if it's a small thing, you know, like doing the dishes or like, you know, taking out the dog, like those, those little things. It's like maybe things that I have to get done or things that I know that I should. Right. That's him combating the laziness or the selfishness that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's really how it manifests. A lot of times is, is in that way where it's like, <clears throat> Hey, like I know you should. You should do this right now. I know I should do this right now, but I don't really want to do this right now. But God is reminding me that I have to, you know, and kind of having me be obedient in those ways. Um, yeah, that's mainly I'd say how it, how it manifests in my life for sure.
1: Yeah, for me the the highlight of of these sets of verses is the remain in me, just remaining in 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 Christ. Like I feel like we're too. Caring about ourselves and trying to make it all about ourselves when sure, in reality yeah. it's like the the main point of this is for me is you can do nothing because you could do nothing without me. You can't. We can't do anything with without Christ. Yeah. Um. And there's another verse somewhere. I think it's Matthew, or it doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry that I keep doing that. Um. Uh. Where it, it's just saying that like where we need we need him. We, we need to remain in him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the metaphors that Jesus always uses, but they all kind of go together too, right? Like when we see him, uh, teaching on the boat when he's calling, uh, Simon and Andrew, right. And, and James and John, it's like, he, he teaches on the boat and he's like, um, he's like, see this net, like this is used to catch fish. Like, and, and I tell you the kingdom of heaven is like this when, uh, you know, Basically all these fish will be caught and and the good fish will be um will be saved, and then the bad fish will be thrown right and it's it's like that's it's a similar metaphor right mm-hmm. or like the wheat and the chaff like it's a similar metaphor where he's yeah. he's separating these things, showing us that yes there is good and evil, yes there is uh holy and unholy, and these are the, these are the ways in which they're separated right mm-hmm. um and and i think it it is like a uh fear inducing in a way of like I don't want to be in the branch that's cut off, you know, like that sounds terrifying for me not to have a connection with Jesus and with the father. Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely scary for sure. But in, in, in this way, I think it's definitely more of a, Jesus is talking about it way more from a sense of you do belong, you know, and take solace in the fact that, that, I am in you and you are in me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we look even forward into John in, into chapter 17. I think it is when we talk about the high priestly prayer. Right. And in there as well, it's the same, he's, he has that same mentality of like, no, I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to be in me as I, as in, in, and me and you, and I want them to be in us as I am in the father. Like, you know, he he Mm -hmm. wants this relationship to be there with us. Um, yeah, I think that's a major, major Part of this for sure. Um if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and wishes um and and withers. And the branches uh, are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. You know what's better than getting burned? Subscribing to this channel. Help us to get to one thousand subscribers, or follow, like, share, rate us five stars. It would really help us out.
1: I mean, we could keep reading that's it's uh, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you.
0: Yeah. Boom. I want a million dollars.
1: I don't think that's what he means. <sighs> what does he mean then? Um, if we remain in him, then we're going to know like we're going to be aligned with his will, not not our selfish desires, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah. So it's not his will for me to have a million dollars.
1: If that's what, if you're praying and you're reading your word, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not God. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe eventually you're supposed to have a million dollars but it's not uh-huh. like something he's not a genie in the bottle that you yeah. can get all your wishes
0: yeah I, i'm i'm just using that because this is a verse that we know that a lot of prosperity preachers and yeah and people use this because they're like whatever you ask like yeah you're gonna get it you know <laughs> like, <laughs> ask seek and knock right right and but as we know like when you abide in God, the only reason why you abide in God is because you surrender to God. Exactly. And so anything that you receive in your life is only because of that surrender. Exactly. And like you're saying, any, anything that you do in your life is only because of that surrender.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as you do these things, it's not because you can do good, but rather that God can do good through you.
1: Right. It's the remaining again. Right. Right. Yeah, remaining in Him and 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 seeking Him to see what His will is, what He desires, and not not in trying to die to self, pick up your cross, and follow Him daily. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. and we even go on to the next section and where He talks about the inverse, right? Which is not only are you to remain in Me and to surrender to Me, but also there needs to be a rejection of the other things, because when we talk about love, right? When we talk about love, it's not only that you're loving. Like, I said this during our our wedding ceremony, right? During my vows, this is what I said to you. I said, um, it's not only that I'm choosing you, but I'm saying no to every other girl on the planet, Mm -hmm. right? Because I love you, and I want to be with you. I don't want to be with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And so, like, here it's the same thing. He's saying once you choose to abide in me and once you're living in that, once you surrender in that, there has to be not only a love for me, but a hatred of these other things. Yeah. And and it's a, it's a righteous hatred,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yeah. It's a righteous indignation of like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I see how evil it is and it, it physically makes me sick. Yeah. Like I, I do not want to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so i i i feel that in my life so often i think we we both do we we've had these moments where it's like we we kind of get reintroduced to what the world is actually like because i think we're in a bubble sometimes of like a our, bubble a, a, just our own world you know cuz wow. especially since we moved to tennessee like it's just the two of us like we don't really have much interaction with that many people Yeah. and it's like when do we do it's mostly church stuff so it's like in general i think we're definitely Encapsulated you know in our own little world, mm-hmm. and so when we do see these interactions with what the world actually is like, like for example, like I remember in high school, I was sitting at mcdonald 's with all of my friends, right like we were just hanging out for the night, mm-hmm. and I remember we were sitting down, and then another group of people from our same high school came and sat like in a booth next to us or behind us, right. Uh-huh. And um, for the first time in my life, I heard someone talk about women in a way that I had seen in like movies and stuff, but I, I really did not think it was real.
1: Oh, you okay. know? Yeah. You so, thought
0: it was a caricature. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so like, I'm hearing this person talking, he's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to sleep with her cause she's not a party girl and she doesn't want to go do all this stuff and blah, oh, blah, blah. And I was like
1: in high school. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And, I guess that makes sense. And
0: for me, it's like, me being the kid that I am, right? Yeah. Not that all my friends were Christian. Like I was probably sitting with like a Wiccan and a Jewish guy. Right? Uh-huh. Like those are my friends in high school. Uh-huh. But we ne- like never delved into that world, you know? And, and me especially, like even if they did behind the scenes, like uh-huh. I was never a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I, when I came face to face with the world, it was like, oh, no, no, I hate that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like, I want no part of that at all.
1: Yeah.
0: This is something that, like, I I have zero desire to be a part of. And it's because I believe I'm in the vine, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's where I belong.
1: Yeah.
0: And so when I encounter these things, when we encounter these things, when we, like, when we're coming home from church and we see a topless woman who's definitely, like, high on meth or something, right? Like, that for us is, like, a jarring moment. It is, yeah. It's, like... True that story. is not the world that I I I am a part of, right? And yeah. I'm saying that because what actually happened a few weeks ago. Yeah. But that's a jarring thing for us, yeah, right? It is. How do you interact with How do you interact with the world, like when you have to deal with those kind of things?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Explain that further.
0: Like because we are in the vine. Yeah. Because we do surrender to God. Right. How is it that you interact with? Times when those, when you're, when you're encountering things that are opposite of, when you're encountering the world rather than what is in God.
1: You tell me your reaction and then I'll
0: <laughs> No, I want to know. I want to know from your I just your don't
1: side. understand fully your question. That's why I'm
0: When you interact that. with the world, how do you deal with it? Um, when you're forced to be in situations like that.
1: In situations like what?
0: Anything that has to do with the world specifically. So... For example, if someone were to come up to you and and they're, like, talking about drugs and stuff or randomly someone, like, approaches you and starts to flirt with you and and is trying to, like, gain your attention, right? Uh Or or really anything, right? Someone starts talking about partying and drinking like it's a normal thing, right? Someone starts talking um, about homosexuality as if it's, like, a totally okay and normal, like, everybody's great with it sort of mentality.
1: I probably don't react the best way. Um, I am... I try to be loving, right? Cuz that's he doesn't call us to like be yeah. rebuke you in the yeah. name of Jesus. Yeah. I almost said Satan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um but like I try to be loving. Oh yeah, that's probably it's yeah. not my it's not my cup of tea.
0: More what I'm asking is, is your inner response. So, my inner response? So not necessarily what you show people or how you interact with people, but what is your inner response to those situations? Like, how does it make you feel?
1: Uh, it makes me feel sad for them. Uh, makes me want to pray. And it also, it's like, it also makes me want to run away. Mm. <laughs> does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be in this uh, situation.
0: You don't want to have to. To deal with them and talk with them and and continue the conversation with them right in many ways
1: um but it does it does make me sad and want to like ah oh, i wish they would know jesus you know yeah because ultimately that's i feel like that's the correct response is to to desire for them to to come to a a saving what's the word saving as a saving grace knowledge of saving mm-hmm. wow Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so how would you react?
0: I think it's similar. I, I think I run oftentimes more than anything because I am not used to being in situations like that and and running from sin saves me from participating in it. Okay. And so I think I do that more more often than not but there's there's been times when friends of mine or even people that are in church have approached me right and and there's these certain situations that come up and so for those that i have to stand my ground Mm -hmm. like i make it very clear where i stand Mm -hmm. very quickly yeah and so like even in our youtube channels or, or anything else like we're talking about um Even in this circumstance, like, if someone comments a comment that's, like, way out of line, you know, (laughs) like, those type of things, I'm very quick to to establish exactly where I sit. Because I don't want there to be any gray area in someone's mind of what I believe. Sure. When it comes to certain things. Yeah. So – for example, when we're talking about things of the world today, I'm very clear on where I stand in terms of like we talked about on this podcast, right? We talked about, um, a, like a while ago, we talked about like Mormonism and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, while I love many Mormons, I'm very, I'm friend, I'm friendly with many Mormons. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I work with a lot of people that, um, work in companies that are primarily Mormon. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things that, that I, that I, Think about when I'm in those circumstances because while I love them, I have huge, massive disagreements with them. And if they didn't have massive disagreements with me, then that means that they don't follow the religion that they say that they do, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so for me, I would rather talk about those things than hide it to save face in in a different way.
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. That's why I said... It it would depend. For me, I grew. Uh, the, the difference is you grew up a Christian, so mm-hmm. like these are automatically your ways that you respond. But for me, I grew up in that world. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the worlds of 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 in the world in the world, um, so my interactions would be uh, more slow. But not necessarily conforming. Does that make sense? I sure. stand my ground as well, and I'll say, "Hey, I'm, that's not really my thing. I don't do that." Or yeah. like when I first became a Christian, I don't do that anymore. You know, because that that was my past, and yeah. some of my friends were trying to get me to do some of the stuff that I was still do, that I did, and it would be like, "Hey, I don't do that anymore." But um, thanks for thinking of me, <laughs> or you know, like I don't know. Yeah. But uh, but and and I was new in the faith, so I didn't know how to how to be like. Evangelistic, sure. you know. So,
0: which is harder for you? Is it harder for you to deal with someone that you don't know, or someone that's really close to you?
1: Someone that's really close to me. Yeah.
0: yeah. What do you, What do you struggle with there?
1: Um. It that that's a like a I feel like Saul King Saul, um, where I'm too people pleasy, mm. where he didn't stand his ground and do things the correct way, because he was just trying to please people. And I feel like sometimes I fall into that Yeah, where the people that I know, uh, I don't want them to leave me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want them to go away. I might lose my chance to, to like, in my mind, I'll think I might lose my chance to speak into them, but then I never speak into them. Mm -hmm. Does Mm -hmm. that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's hard for me
0: well on the other side you feel like you have a balanced more balanced approach like you have like if i
1: don't know the people yeah yeah, absolutely i'll stand on my like apologetic background and um i'll go back and forth and even even people that are uh, newer in my life yeah um that i feel more comfortable with um Like I'll, I'll go back and forth and I'll, and I'll be like, Hey, why do you think that? Let me, let me push you a little more. But it's because they've known me as Vanessa, the Christian, you know what I mean? Not (laughs) Vanessa, the the heathen. Um, so It it depends on the relationship level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that definitely is where it comes down to because if I'm talking to someone who is also being pruned by God, it's different for me to be like, Hey, like you got some bits that God's trying to take out right now, yeah. you know, and try to talk to him. And, but it's it's hard for me to do that because I understand that I have bits myself, you know, <laughs> like, right. you, you and know. Right, the
1: whole uh, log versus splinter or yeah. whatever. Yeah,
0: and oftentimes it can come off as a self-righteous stance, you know, if yeah. you don't do it correctly. Um, when most of the time I'm sure that's not what it's trying to be. Right. Um, but, but then the other side of it is like, who are you to talk to me at all, Mm -hmm. you know, and how do we navigate that as well when it comes to someone that that you don't know or that is not part of Christianity, you know, Um, it's hard. I I think it's hard for me because I have spent very little time in that world, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've I've never been to a party like that. Yeah. I've never been to a club. I've never been to these different areas where it's like, I know Or you've been to
1: parties like that and you didn't really fully realize that it was a party like that.
0: And so I leave instantly. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've been like coerced to go to parties like that. And I just leave instantly because I'm not going to be a part of it. Right. Even if it's church friends. Right. Which has happened. Yeah. There's been plenty of times when, when I was thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) we, there's a time specifically that Vanessa's talking about where, um, we went to a church party because someone had just bought a house Uh and it was like a house party and we get there and then, we we were there probably for four or five minutes, and then all of a sudden they take out, like, shots from the fridge, and, like, all these different stuff is happening, and it's, like, underage people are there drinking, and it's, like...
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, like, it's so confusing, you know? And at
1: that point, I also felt uncomfortable. Were we dating at that point, or no? Uh,
0: I think it was right before we started dating, probably. Yeah. Um, but we were friends at that point and me and you were like, that was one of the things that we kept us really tight. Cause it was like, we, we both understood our values, yeah. you know? And, um, and while a lot of our friends, including my best friend at the time, right? Like goes in there and, and is like participating in all this stuff. Uh-huh. Like I was just like, no, you know? Yeah. And then I remember talking to them specifically my best friend the day after. And it was like, dude, you're an idiot. like, like there's no if-ends or buts about he it. He
1: said that to you?
0: No, I I told him. That. Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to keep him accountable. Like, yeah, yeah. And he he called me and he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done this. Here's all the bad stuff that happened. Like, you know, I put us in a bad situation and blah blah blah. blah right.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, and I'm like, yeah, you're an idiot. Like you shouldn't have done that. Like I, in a loving way, obviously. Right, like right. he's my friend. He he knows you know that I what I mean. And um and in all of that like. I think that really taught him a lesson of being like, yeah, this is, we need to be serious if we're going to be serious, right? We need to be Christ followers. If we're going to be Christ followers, we can't go back and forth like this, you know? So anyway, I just think it's important for us to realize that dichotomy of like, if God asks you to love, he's asking you to hate something else. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's just the truth. Like if you love God, you will hate sin. Mm -hmm. If you love sin, You'll hate God, and, and so in that, like, where, are you, what are you choosing, right? Again, if I love you, I hate all the other women on the planet, right? Yeah. Because I want, I want to love you to the best of my ability, so that's what I choose, right? And I and I want to walk in that. So, mm-hmm. anyway. yeah, really powerful verses here. I love, I love the. Um, just the messages that are all throughout here in that whole entire chapter of John uh, 15. Really, really good. Check it out if you get a chance for sure. Cool. Hey, Brandon here. If you want to check out this full episode, you can do that on patreon.com slash the snipe life. This is the best way to help us to support what we're doing here on the Better Not Easy channel. Thank you very much. So just remember that following Jesus is better not easy.